This is Daryl Wood, host of Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show on Faith Talk 1500. First, let me say this show's your show. That's why no matter what I discuss or which guest I interview, your input is valued. If it's in the news, on TV, at the movies, whether political, social, economic, whatever, at some point I'm talking about it on Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show, Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. on Faith Talk 1500. The following program has been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. When you hear phone numbers, please do not call. That number to call is area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss on this, another Bible Talk program. Welcome to the program. You can start calling right now with any questions you have about the Word of God. If you have a question about theology, a question about systematic theology, church history, biblical studies, uh, I'll do my very level best to give you an answer if you call at area code 866 Four two three nine five seven eight. That's the number to call to be on the program. I do have a challenge for you. Actually, a challenge that comes from the Queen James Bible. That's right. The Queen James Bible. There is a Bible, uh, and I have it right with me. It's the Queen James Bible. We are referencing it um, uh, and many times in our Sunday school, Sunday school class at Strictly Biblical now, we're dealing with the homosexual challenge. That is how the Christian church has to defend itself against these who are trying to say that what the Bible clearly says is sin is not sin. All right. Uh, believe me, at uh, my church and in fact, uh, at other churches I've pastored, always there were people who were there who were recovering from homosexuality. They admitted it was a sin. They talked about their, their struggle. And there's something that all of us as Christians recognize that every Christian, regardless of what it is, you're struggling with something. Well, if you're struggling, you're on the right side of it. The reason you're struggling is because Jesus Christ has saved you, and now you're practicing sanctification and headed towards holiness. But when you can come into a church and say that what I'm doing is not a sin, got a problem. And that's exactly where the homosexual community is. So that is why it's very important for us to defend the faith. Many churches are falling, compromising with this whole issue, uh, because in, in many cases, they may not fully understand, I don't know how, the Bible has been real clear on this, just like it's clear about marriage, it's clear about what fornication is. Uh, But I've found many Christians who act like the Bible does not exist, uh, but it does, and that's why this program is here, so we can continue to talk about it and uh, illustrate it. But they do have some arguments. They do. And the Queen James Bible makes some arguments that your job will be to refute. Now, some of them I will uh, make some comments on. My challenge will come from uh, one of the main things that says here uh, in the foreword to the uh, book. The number to call is area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air Bible talk with Pastor Emery Moss. Uh, here's what they say in the beginning after the first um few pages, uh, the, an intro to the uh, Queen James Bible. They say that the Queen James Bible is based on the King James Bible, edited to prevent homophobic misinterpretation. Oh, boy, do they stack the deck right now. Therefore, if I say something, now look at the way people think. Do they actually think that I'm dumb enough to fall for that? If I give an interpretation different than theirs, I'm homophobic. Come on. That's not the way you enter into a discussion. You've got to be ready for that. Uh, very interesting how people try to uh, already. You're going to call a person a name to shut them up. I will not 
be silenced. All right. But that's what they say. The Queen James Bible is based on the King, uh, uh, the Queen James Bible, I'm sorry, is based on the King James Bible, edited to prevent homophobic misinterpretation. Okay. Then they have a section here called homosexuality in the Bible. Under that, they say homosexuality was first mentioned in the Bible in 1946. Right? In the Revised Standard Version, there is no mention of or reference to homosexuality in any Bible prior to this. Right now, we see a statement that is absolutely based on a lack of knowledge. All right? Lack of knowledge. First of all, uh, the Bible was in, written in Hebrew and in Greek before it got written into the English. So what are they talking about 1946? All you've got to do is get a book on the Encyclopedia of the Early Church Fathers, and you'll find them quoting from the manuscripts they had at their time against homosexuality. So that's really a strange place to go. But you can see from that tenor that you're not going to, uh, if you're dealing with the uh, the producers of the gay Bible, you're not going to be getting into people who are very enlightened by knowledge. All right. So they go on to say homosexuality was first mentioned in the Bible in 1946 in the Revised Standard Version. There is no mention of or reference to homosexuality in any Bible prior to this. Only interpretations have been made uh, that are anti-LGBT. Well, tell that to the early church fathers who were coming against it. They say biblical interpretations commonly cite only eight verses in the Bible that they can interpret to mean that homosexuality is a sin. My only question to that poor piece of logic, how many times does the Bible have to say something is wrong before it's wrong? I don't care if it's three times, four times, eight, but how many times do you tell your, son, your kid you're wrong? You slap them after the first time. If it's wrong, it's wrong. You're going to prove your point by it not being mentioned enough for you and then to say the interpretation well we're going to look at that number to call area code 866-423-9578 so that's to let you know where they're coming from here uh, uh, but where they where they go with this is amazing that will come in our next reading however i have aunt Juan from detroit on the line hello sir how are you hi i'm doing fine great great uh, I have a question, Mister uh, Mister uh, Mister Emery, uh-huh. and my question is uh, from the Book of Acts. Um, I come to find out that the apostles were talking and they were disputing, saying, um, "Should they stop to wait for tables for the widows over preaching the word of God?" Okay. Uh, from my understanding, the Holy Spirit is delivered by the speaking of the word of God. Uh huh. And is it more is it more important to do the physical service of the Lord or the spiritual service of as far as speaking the word? Well, I would say this: that Acts chapter six, which is the chapter that you're referring to, is very yes, clear. Yes. It's very clear on the issue. In fact, your, uh, the the answer to your question is found right in that particular chapter itself. And so, let's look at it where it says in Acts chapter 6 and verse 1, And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily uh, giving of food. That's what ministration here meant. Then it says, Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them, and says, Is it not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables? In other words, they're saying, Do we have to step down from 
preaching the word to serve tables? But then they came up with something. The answer to that is no. Because how, how do we know that's the answer? Because of verse 3, where it says, Wherefore, brethren, look you out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom you may appoint over this business. That was the business of handling the food distribution. Verse 4, but we, that's the apostles, right, will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So the answer to your question is no. That was not a reason for them to stop speaking the word of God, and they didn't. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Wonderful. Thank you, Mr. Emery. You're doing a wonderful job. And um, I just pray that you just continue on in it, sir. All right, Bill. Thank you very much for your direct question. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emory Moss. And just as he did, uh, you can see I'm not sad. Uh, mind you, tell him, tell him, tell him. Am I, am I looking sad? Am, am, am I crying because he didn't let me give my challenge out? Do I look sad to you about that? No, you actually look rather... Um it's Friday, so I don't know. You have a ominous face. It's not happy. It's not sad. <laughs> well, I'm ready for action. That's what it but, is. But I'm glad when anybody calls in with any question, it can interrupt my flow. You know, I'm like a good, uh, those rappers, I get my flow back. I so, see. <laughs> so, you came in here, Chipper. <laughs> there you go. So give us a call at area code 866-423-9578. Uh, you can deal with my challenge. You can cast it aside, whatever you want. As long as you're talking about the Bible, this is the program for you. All right. Here at number two. Okay. Who is Queen James? Oh, you guys, I'm telling you, did you tune, tune into a program today? Here in the uh, gay Bible, it says, who is Queen James? Then we get this statement. The King James Bible is the most popular Bible of all time and arguably the most important English language document of all time. It is the brainchild, listen to this now, hold on to your seats. It is the brainchild and namesake of King James I who wanted an English language Bible that all could own and read. Uh, the KJV, as it is called, has been in print for over 400 years and has brought more people to Christ than any other Bible translation. Now, commonly known to biographers, this is where the, the jab comes, commonly known to biographers, but often surprising to most Christians, King James I was a well-known bisexual. Oh, though he did marry a woman, his many gay relationships were so well known that among some of his friends in court, he was known as Queen James. It is in his debt and honor that we name the Bible that they produced, the Queen James Bible. All right. So that's what their argument is, that uh, that actually, in fact, we uh, they're saying that uh, that King James, in fact, himself was a homosexual. So that kind of taints the idea that we can accept a Bible from him uh, because of the fact that he was a bisexual himself. So how do you argue against that? Okay, uh, The idea that King James, since he was a bisexual, they're saying historically, uh, then how could we accept a Bible that was uh, uh, written by him? It couldn't. He could not have been one to say that this was uh, homosexuality was a wrong act when, in fact, he was a bisexual himself. Mm. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss, best answer, please. You can answer my challenge, or you can ask a question of your very own, or you can do both. Chuck in Gibraltar, how you doing? Hi, Pastor, how are you? Real good, how are you? Good, uh... 
listen to you every day on the way home from work. But about this subject that we're talking about, I just got some questions because, you know, in the world that we live in, we're outcasts because we don't agree or believe what the homosexuals do. Uh-huh. So what do you do when you know somebody that really feels that they're gay and they're not bad people and they do believe in God? But, like, for instance, you know, growing up, there was a, a couple of kids that you knew the by the way they acted, by the, you know, uh, male child, they were they were gay. You can just tell by the way they acted, but they didn't come out and they didn't admit it, or we were too young to even talk about it. But when they grew up, they come out and they were gay. But they're not bad people, and I know it's a, it's a sin according to God's Word, but what do we... How do we talk to them? What do we? How do we get them to change their feelings about what they really feel they are? And a lot of them are really confused about who they are because they want to do or they want to be what we call normal, but they don't feel that way. And this is just this is many people that I well. Well, let me ask you this uh, question: What do you mean when you say not bad people? They're, I guess, when I say they're not bad people, they're just like you and I. Oh, so you and I are good people? Well, I don't want to say I'm a bad person. I know I'm a sinner and saved by... But by but you came up I'm, with the categories, you know, though. You said that they're not bad people, and then but they're not like us. So if they're not like us, then the opposite... See what I'm saying? I'm, I'm okay, trying to get maybe, you... Uh, maybe, maybe I'm saying it wrong. Uh-huh. My point is, is that there's people out there that are very nice people. Okay, no, so... so they are they are homosexual and... They don't understand why they feel the way they do. Well, let's put it this way, though. Have you ever met uh, atheists that were nice people? Yeah, just like I'm married, and and I'm 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 not gay. Okay, I don't know, but I'm, I'm asking on. you a question, Chuck. Stay with me. Haven't you ever met uh, atheists who were nice uh, folks, Muslims who were nice folks? Yeah, but they can change that. Well, okay. Oh, so that's the problem. Now, here's the thing. So your argument is that those who are gay can't change it. I'm not arguing it. I'm just asking the question. I know, but you but but you you made it like a statement. You said that the other people can change it. So if you say that the uh, the, the person who is in, in Islam or the person who's robbing or stealing or whatever it is, they can change it. You're implying that uh, the homosexuals should have a break because they can't change it. That's implicit in the logic that you're using. I'm I'm not really arguing against you. I'm just trying to clarify the issue for you. Because okay? I'm just going by exactly what you say. Because I cannot respond to you until I understand where you're coming from. Now, hang on. I'll give you a chance to think about it a bit. Can you hang on for a minute? Sure. We've got to take a break, and we'll be right back. Politics and religion. It's been said that you don't discuss them in mixed company. Probably by someone who didn't really understand either of them. Why follow their rules? Detroit has two radio stations that shatter them. One documents the rebuilding of a great America. While the other shares the promise of the infinite. The Patriot has all the great news about growing the economy and a strengthening nation. Faith Talk Detroit raises the soul and affirms the heart. The Patriot, FM 101.5 and AM 1400. And Faith Talk Detroit on FM 92.7 and AM 1500. They say the best is yet to come. But to help make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. Start by tuning in to the Barnett Financial Hour with Rick Barnett every Saturday at 1. Rick helps simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. 
Don't miss the Barnett Financial Hour with Rick Barnett of Barnett Financial and Tax every Saturday at 1. Hello, I'm Alistair Begg, and I'll be joining the team at Salem Media Group in the summer of 2020 on a scenic cruise to Alaska. I'd like to extend a warm invitation to you to join us. I've been before, and Alaska is a spectacular place where God's design and His majesty are constantly on display. Glaciers, mountains, and untamed wildlife. If you've ever contemplated exploring this inspiring frontier, now is your opportunity, especially as we will enjoy all of these wonders from the comfort of our first-class cruise ship. The week will be filled with more than just awe-inspiring landscapes and quaint seaside ports, as Laura's story leads us in our worship and as we turn to God's Word as a compass for our time together. For more information and to book your trip today, visit faithtalkdetroit.com and search keyword Alaska. What if I told you you could save a child's life for just $28? Well, it's true. Preborn is a ministry doing just that with the help of people just like you by offering free ultrasound sessions to pregnant women and girls who might otherwise choose to end their pregnancy. We know that pregnant girls and women who can see their babies on ultrasound are far more likely to choose life. Your gift today can save babies' lives. Just $28 can give a mother who is abortion-minded the chance to see the truth of the baby that is growing insider. $140 can do that for five girls and women. And a $15,000 gift will provide an ultrasound machine that will save lives for years to come. Whether you want to save one baby or five or hundreds, that opportunity is just a phone call or click away. There's no better time than now to save a baby's life. And right now, your gift is matched dollar for dollar, doubling your impact. Call 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Or give online at preborn.org slash radio. Tonight's Bible Talk program is pre-recorded and we will not be taking any phone calls. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss, talking for my good friend Chuck from Gibraltar. We're just clarifying an issue. Chuck, are you still with us? I am. Um, I'm your pastor. All right. Now, if in fact, just just if we were to, to, to toss this around, because you asked a very good question. It's out there today, uh, and it's very interesting to me how biased people can be. I'm always uh, just interested in bias, uh, because you know that there's a such thing as pedophiles, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. Are they born that way? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, right. You don't know. Uh, you know that there's such thing as called bestiality. We won't describe it, but you know bestiality is out there. Are people born that yes. way? I don't know that either. Then definitely, then, if you don't know that, then we don't know uh, that gay folks are born that way either. Right, but I don't know that way because I've never, I've never had a friend that was a child molester. What matter? I've known many of them. I've known many, but they're out there. The bottom line, the bottom line is not whether French, because the statement you make is either universal or it doesn't mean anything. If it's just I haven't met somebody like that, then people would say you haven't been out enough. That doesn't make your issue true. You gotta, you gotta speak from something that is that is knowledge based. But basically, uh, uh, you know. People aren't, in other words, I'll tell you this, there is no scientific evidence at all that demonstrates that a person is born gay. In fact, in the Bible, uh, it lets us know something in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that is very interesting. It says at verse 9, listen to this, know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. 
be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate. And that word effeminate there uh, is the, uh, the word for homosexuals. Okay, and that breaks right out and says in the NIV, nor, effem- nor homosexuals, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Then it says, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers. So it talks about all sinners. And then it says at verse 11, Chuck, and such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. People you see in the church come from all kinds of backgrounds, even things that we can't mention, like having formerly been a pedophile, all this. But they can all be redeemed by Jesus Christ. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So in answer to your question, all of us are bad. None of us are good. It takes Jesus Christ, though, to transform us. We're all born into sin, but that becomes something we cannot use as an excuse because the power of Jesus Christ can set you free. All right, Chuck. All right. Thank you very much. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. Let's go to uh, Bob in Pontiac. Hello, Bob. God bless you, Pastor Moss. Good to hear your voice and good to hear that you're still on the radio. Uh, I'm seeking the answer to a question that I know you know the answer to. Okay. Is it all right to eat pork? And where is that found in the Bible? You can eat all the pork you want, brother. Okay. (laughs) In fact, I want you to eat some and bring me some. Now you're talking, you got me hungry. I'm trying not to get hungry today. Uh, Now, there used to be a time when you could not eat it. And that was in the Old Testament, right? right? Uh, you might know Leviticus. That's back in Leviticus. Yeah, Leviticus. 19. Well, and also in Leviticus, Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 7, uh, also in Leviticus 11, we have the dietary laws. There's a lot of things you could not eat. But something happened in the New Testament, okay? And the first place to look at it, it happened to Peter. Peter was following uh, uh, what it said in Leviticus 7 and 11 also. He'd done it all his life. Then all of a sudden, he got a vision, Bob. He got a vision. And in this vision, in Acts chapter 10, uh-huh. uh, he, he explained this vision uh, later. He says uh, uh, he had had someone come and tell him to go and talk to some Gentiles, right? And, you know, he, was, he didn't want to go because the Jews weren't supposed to talk to Gentiles back then or associate with them. But then at verse 10, it says, in Acts 10 and 10, and he became very hungry and he would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. And he saw heaven open and a certain vessel descending upon him as it had been a great sheet knit at four corners let down to the earth. And then on this sheet, this vision he got from God, Bob, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, fowls of the air. I submit to you, Bob, that Chitlins was on that, uh, in that vision, all kind of, I mean, pork, everything you can imagine that he wasn't supposed to eat. Now, notice here, says at verse 13, and there came a voice to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. That was Jesus talking to him. But Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, what God has cleansed, that call thou not common. In other words, right then God was telling him that what was uh, practiced in the Old Testament concerning the dietary laws do not apply in New Testament times. That he could feel comfortable talking to the Gentiles and eating their food. Yeah, that's exactly what the Bible says on that issue. So yeah, today well, I want to thank I want to thank you very kindly. I just need a, a clarification on that because 
some people are have these funny ideas that it's not all right to eat pork. And uh, I've heard you talk about this issue before on the radio because I listen to you from time to time as often as I can. And I think you're one of the uh, most uh, well-informed uh, preachers in this area. And um, as a matter of fact, I've been to your Monday night class in Detroit. So uh, I, I've, I've, I know that you are well-informed on a lot of different issues. And I want to thank you very kindly. Well, I thank you for, uh, uh, f- uh, for that. And I want you to go and get you some pork right away and chow down, my friend. <laughs> well... I, I'm going to be careful. But I'm be a, careful I'm now. A, yeah, you got to balance now. I'm going to be careful. I'm, I'm basically going to die. Now. I've lost 80 pounds. Oh, don't eat too much of that pork, brother. Two years. Don't, don't be a glutton. I, 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 I've lost 80 pounds in the last two years, so I gotta, I'm going to be careful whatever I do. Well, for your own good, you might want to stay away from that pork. Thanks for calling, buddy. All right, the number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. Any question you have about the Word of God is welcome here. Uh, Just uh, coming out of the gay Bible, they call it the Queen James Bible, where they point out the fact that, you know, how can we follow the King James Bible and what it says uh, since King James uh, uh, was himself bisexual, all right? Mm, how do you answer that? Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. Going to go to Ashley in Garden City. Hello, Ashley. Hi, Pastor Moss. I hadn't intended on calling in tonight, but then you brought up that whole King James thing, and, and now I'm all in for it. <laughs> um, so, um, I'll tell you how I would respond to it. I would say that it doesn't matter what King James was up to because he wasn't the one that wrote the book, you know? Hmm. So, in other words, you mean to tell me, Ashley, that King James did not write the King James Bible? Uh, yeah. I believe that was uh, a bunch of men under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that wrote the scriptures, uh, unless I'm wrong. <laughs> okay, no, to, you're right. I, I, what can I say, Ashley? You're quoting from Second Timothy 3.16 all through the Bible. Uh, we know that it, uh, the Bible was written under inspiration of God. Then tell us in your historical estimation, Ashley, what actually did King James do? What did he do? Did yeah. he commission it? Like, because I thought I heard you say earlier that he wanted everybody to own a copy, which I think is kind of good. I mean, we're all depraved sinners, okay. but that seems like a pretty uh, pretty noble thing to try to get a Bible into the hands of your you know, your constituents. I wish that our government would be so nice. <laughs> I wish so, too. But I'll tell you what, though. Even though they say that in the introduction, and that's what they said, uh, it just shows you how, uh, I mean, how— uh, uh, how trivial they take historical information, in, in these folks do. Because they wrote this oh, book. Sure. They wrote this book, but they didn't explain. Now, he didn't. King James did not do this just to make sure that everybody had a Bible. He didn't. And it's something important that Christians should know about. But you brought us far enough, Ashley, because what you said is at one point that we can use uh, that definitely King James didn't write it. Now, what happens is many people say he did. So you've just brought that down to the ground. He did not write the Bible. He commissioned it. That's all he did. He did not write it. But why did he have to commission it? Why did the King James Version come on the scene in the first place? Ashley, we will leave that to other folks and give you an applause right now for your good answer. We appreciate that answer. Thanks a lot. 
All right. Here comes her Ashley's applause. This guy likes to buzz more than he likes to applause, but he's he's he's, he's going to get it for Ashley. <laughs> Just got to get a nice spirit, get a nice spirit to overwhelm him. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible talk with Pastor Emory Moss. Now we go to another level, see, because there's two things that Christians need to know. Yeah, the first thing, and I agree with Ashley, she's, she's right on the money. The first thing that you got to know is what's in the Bible. Read the Bible first. We must know the Word of God before we can defend it. Then, after that, though, there's another subject that's kind of important. That is, we need to know about the Bible. We need to know how the Bible was written, how it was put together. Because a lot of times, people will come against the faith by challenging not only the contents of the Bible, but also the historicity of the Bible. So, can you tell me, why did King James commission the Bible. Why did he commission the King James Version of the Bible to be written in the first place? Okay, that's what we need to know. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emory Moss. You can ask any question you want. Don't be uh, sitting there thinking, well, I don't have the answer. I can't call in. You can call here with any question you have about the Word of God. The name of the program is Bible Talk, and that's what we want to do all the time is talk about the Bible. And if we're talking about the Bible, then we are accomplishing our mission. So Give us a call at area code 866-423-9578. That's area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emory Moss with absolutely any question you have about the Word of God. It can be on topic, off topic. All we ask you to do is call and get us once again engaged in some theological issue or Christian living issue or biblical studies issue that is from the Word of God. That number again, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible talk with Pastor Emmy Moss. Looking now at uh, the history of the Bible, things that folks do need to know as they are dealing uh, with uh, the Word of God. Sometimes we have to take a historical turn to answer questions. Uh, because people will say that King James wrote the Bible. Ashley demolished that because King James did not write a single thing in the text of Scripture at all. Okay, But he did commission it. Why did he commission it? For what purpose was uh, it necessary for the Bible to be commissioned? Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible talk with Pastor Emmy Moss. And I'm going to go back also and add to what I told the brother who called about pork. He's probably somewhere getting himself a pork dinner right now. Um, so I, I went to him out of Acts chapter 10, which told us, uh, illustrated what happened to Peter. But over in First Timothy also, Paul goes into this in uh, some detail itself, where he says, and this is in First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, Paul writes, Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Verse 2, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience sheared with a hot iron. He says at verse 3, forbidding to marry. Okay, Yeah, people would actually think that they're uh, uh, teaching something good by saying, don't get married. Well, the Bible doesn't say that. Listen, what he is saying, what Paul is clearly saying here is if someone is saying forbidding you to marry, that's not of God, that's of the devil. 
It may look good thinking you're practicing holiness, but God doesn't command that of anybody in the Bible. No command. No one can show that God is commanding uh, men for religious reasons today not to have uh, a marital relationship with a woman. Nothing in the Bible says that. All right, number to call here, code 866-423-9578. But he goes on. Not only does he talk about that, he's talking about false doctrines, right? He says, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, okay? Which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Then concerning a diet or dietary laws, what Paul says in 1 Timothy 4 and 4, for every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. All right? Uh, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. So pray over all that you eat. I never eat anything. I don't care where it's from unless I pray over it. But uh, now the dietary laws are not in vogue. But to our caution, the body, uh, the body uh, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you need to be mindful of that uh, when there's anything that you put in your mouth. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. Give us a call if you want to respond to the gay Bible issue uh, concerning King James. We know that uh, regardless of what his background was, he did not write a single page in the Bible. He didn't. He commissioned it. Why? Do you know? Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Going to go to Joe in Macomb. Hello, Joe. Hi, how's it going? Real good. Um, rather new listener. I found you on the radio, and I was sick of listening to all the other stations and quite <laughs> impressed with your uh, station and everything you've said. Well, I hope you don't get sick of me, Joe. I hope you do not get sick of me. And no, I hope not to. Uh, <laughs> take a stab at your challenge there. Um, and I had a comment about the caller you had a few times, uh, calls ago about the, uh, homosexual friend or if they're a good person and what to do or say with that. Uh-huh. Um, but your challenge, I think, is wasn't he wanted something written in English? Because it was a translation from Greek to Latin and Latin to English, is what my understanding is. I'm not entirely sure if that's correct, but I know it was a translation that they wanted, uh, the New King James uh, version of the Bible. It's actually not a translation. Or just that's not an interpretation. It's a translation from Greek to Latin, Latin to English. Well, actually, if we talk about it, there were Greek manuscripts, so it didn't necessarily. It was translated into Latin, but it was translated into uh, into uh, Greek as well. You know, the Greek manuscripts, in fact, were used. Uh, to uh, and then from Greek to English, you didn't have to go to Latin first. But you're right; it wasn't uh, the New Testament was written in Greek initially. And I think there was another commission for an English Bible. Uh, well, what happens is that in uh, uh, the 1600s uh, is when we see the production of the King James uh, Version. And uh, can you hang on with us for a moment? Yes, yes. Because Joe is on the right track. We're going to come right back and continue to talk to him. Friday on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg, a challenging message. This question is asked from Christ himself, addressed to you as an individual and to me in such a way that it would be as if there wasn't another single person in the room. Who do you say I am? That's the question Jesus is asking. Listen Friday to Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Alistair Begg, weekday mornings at 8.30 on FM 92.7 and AM 1500, Faith Talk, Detroit.
Mike Lindell, the CEO and inventor of MyPillow, wants to give back to WLQV listeners by offering deep discounts on MyPillow products. If you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener special, you're going to see some impressive offers. Yes, offers with an S. For starters, MyPillow has a great body pillow. It used to be $85.68. Now when you use the promo code RUNTOWIN, it's $29.99. That's 65% off. That's incredible. They have other equally impressive impressive offers under the radio listener special. Go to MyPillow.com, that's MyPillow.com, to access more discounts on other fantastic products. Or call 800-919-5912, 800-919-5912, and make your order right now. And remember to use the promo code RUNTOWIN at checkout. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, is Hi, this is Greg Bryant, General Sales Manager for Salem Media Group Detroit. If you're listening to my voice right now, you're a listener to either Faith Talk Detroit or The Patriot Detroit. If you love one of these stations and you have experience in outside sales, we'd love to talk to you. Call me directly to inquire how Salem Media might provide an opportunity that's right. Call Greg Bryant at 248-581-1221. That's 248-581-1221 to learn more about our available positions. If you love us, come join us and make a career move that's right for you. God bless you. This is Cardinal Bishop Hoskins and Pastor Gene from Power of Faithful Gospel Evangelical Music Ministry. We're here live in the studio every second and fourth Sunday, 92.7 FM and 1500 AM at 1230. Or on the internet at faithtalkdetroit.com. Join us the second and fourth Sunday at 1230 PM. God bless you and God keep you and keep walking, walking with the word. God is peace. God is love. God is joy. God bless you. MotorCityHelpWanted.com presents the world's worst boss, the one who posts jobs on huge national job sites looking for anyone with a pulse. We'll just call him Dave. Officer, thank goodness you're here. You said it was an emergency. And it is. We have some positions in senior management that need to be filled pronto. (sighs) Not this again. I'm telling you, our benefits are criminal. And you can't stay on the force forever. All right, boys, roll out. Wait! Hey, where's the fire? I'm so glad you're here. Don't be a Dave. Find your perfect local employee at MotorCityHelpWanted.com. Local jobs that work. All right, that number to call is area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emmy Moss. We've got Joe on the line, a guy who said he was listening to other programs and just he couldn't handle it. Uh, and he's hoping he can handle Bible talk and like this program. I'm hoping he does as well. He's called in and made a very good comment, by the way, uh, concerning the fact that uh, you know, the Bible was translated uh, from Hebrew and Greek into uh, English. And uh, we're exploring the reasons uh, why King James, uh, it was necessary for him to produce uh, what he did. So, Joe, you still with us? Yes, I am. Yeah, and you're on the right track. Uh, it was Erasmus who, in fact, who was a Catholic, who is the one who prepared the Texas uh, Receptus, which is the Greek translation of the New Testament for us. Um, uh, uh, When it came time for uh, the English translations to be done, that was later, and you're right, it was after the Latin, but actually the uh, actual uh, uh, translation itself uh, did come from the Greek. The only time uh, Erasmus used the Latin was when there were certain verses he couldn't find in Greek. Uh, he did, 
some of the, uh, the the leafs from the Greek manuscript for Revelation, in fact, he couldn't find. So he had to ref- resort to the Latin. But the only reason King James did what he did, Joe, was because there were English versions out, two uh, big ones, the Geneva Bible and uh, then the Bishop's Bible, and they had footnotes in them. They had footnotes where one was supporting this theological interpretation, the other was uh, supporting this theological interpretation. And so the guys were warring, not about the Bible necessarily, but about the footnotes. So King James, and then back then they got a little more angry than we get today. You know, they they were kind of had a political religion where they would fight and (laughs) got kind of nasty. So what King James did, he ordered one copy to be done, an English version. He got about 50 scholars to do it and produced a Bible without footnotes. And that was the original King James. Now, uh, uh, people would ro- he would roll over in his grave now if he saw, because uh, all the King James versions I know have a lot of footnotes in them now. But he wanted it to be done to stop the religious arguments that were going on at this time. Oh, okay. Excellent. Yeah, so that's a brief history. And then and then there's some marvelous, and, and you know, I, I don't know, Joe, I had history when I was in school. Some of it was kind of boring. I always uh, was always impressed by historical writers that are good. But if you get your hands on uh, Introduction to the Bible by Norm Geisler, my goodness, he writes about this stuff in a very interesting fashion uh, and uh, goes into it in detail. And I, I like the way he writes because he's simple as well. Uh, but translation, that was all King James uh, was about. He didn't uh, write a, he didn't uh, dot a single I in any part of the text. He just commissioned it. Right. And I had a question, you know, uh, the caller, I was wondering if I'm handling this properly, uh, about the, you know, whether someone who he says is a good person, you know, well, when I find somebody who is like, in maybe like a homosexual relationship, uh, I find that is just as guilty as someone who's having extramarital relationship or relationship out of wedlock. And the way I handle that is I say, well, love the sinner, hate the sin. And if someone is in that type of relationship, you take a point to them that that's not scriptural and that should be eliminated from one's life, and you need Jesus Christ to do that. So it's not a good or bad thing. Well, it is a, bad, a good or bad person thing. But in order to handle that, love them but not the sin and inform them that they really can't partake in that activity if they are really a follower of Christ. Joe, listen, you are absolutely right. No doubt about it. What you said is 100% right on. In terms of it, all of us are, uh, it's not about being good and bad. See, once you put it in that category, then all of a sudden you bring the argument to another level. The Bible says over in Isaiah 64 and 6, it says, but we are all an unclean thing and all our righteousness are as filthy rags and we do all fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. So all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. All of us stand in need of uh, salvation. We've got to be born again. So it's not about whether you're good or, or bad. Uh, you can be good uh, or moral in, in man's eyesight, but unless you're born again and saved and know Jesus Christ, the same result is there. You've got to, the only way to, uh, uh, to God is through Jesus Christ our Lord. So you're exactly right, and all the sins are the same in the Bible. You break one law, you've broken them all. Adulterers, uh, whatever, st- uh, stealing, whatever, it's all a sin. Uh, just like you can't say I'm born those other ways and escape, you can't say you're born homosexual and escape. But people don't understand right. it because they listen to too much to the world rather than ab- actually going to the Bible and getting the standards from there. So you're right, buddy. Thanks, and I think your show is absolutely awesome, and I listen to you now whenever I chance coming home from work, and I really do, really love your show. All right, I appreciate you very much, Joe, from Macomb. Now we've got a new list. Give us an applause. Give an applause. 
the technician. He, he, there you go. You know that's worthy of an applause. Even though you like to buzz, folks, that needs an applause. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible talk with Pastor Emmy Moss. Uh, one fact I should have shared with our Carl, also in terms of the Bible, because people talk about the King James. People talk about the King James Version as if that was the only version ever that was done. People need to realize the King James Version didn't come on the scene till in the 1600s. The Bible was written way before that. That's why it's impossible for King James to have been the person to write the King of the Bible. He could not have written the Bible because it was written before he was thought of, okay? In turn, but Christians need to know those historical dates. If we talk about the Old Testament, the Old Testament was written between 1500 B.C. and 425 B.C. Done. From Genesis to Malachi. Done. Over. Okay? That's way before King James was on the scene. I mean, way before. Then, after that, the New Testament was written between about 50 A.D. and 95 A.D. Some say 100. But 95 A.D., it is a first century document. That was way before King James was on the scene. And then understand this, which is uh, also something interesting. Um, If we look at the whole Bible, then we could say that it's written from 1500 B.C. to 95 A.D. That's the whole Bible is done. And then the Quran, okay, it wasn't done until after 632 A.D., okay? So that's a way—I mean, if we're talking about the Quran, that comes way later— And the Quran, in many cases, copies from both the Old and New Testament. So it is not an ancient book at all. It pretends to be, but it isn't, because it has to admit that the revelation uh, of the Bible, New Testament and Old Testament, came before the Quran was ever thought of. Okay. All right. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emory Moss. Uh, There's a number of other issues that can be talked about uh, in uh, dealing with uh, the gay uh, Bible. And we're going to do that on this program from time to time. At Strictly Biblical right now, we're dealing with trying to help uh, Christians uh, to uh, defend the faith when they're attacked, because because that's what happens today, when they uh, are attacked because of their Christian views, as if we don't have a right to uphold what the Bible has said for thousands of years, uh, just because it's not politically correct. Well, I'll tell you, I've given up being politically correct a long time ago. What I'm trying to be now is biblically correct, and I'm going to do that. I'm going to stick by the Bible. I'm not going to say things to please people, tickle their ears, or just to get them to come to my church. No, no. I'm going to preach the truth. If you don't want it, it's up to you. But if you do want the truth straight, uh, it's given to you straight, I want you to know that at Strictly Biblical, in our 11 o'clock service, I am preaching uh, literally through the Bible. All right? uh, I'm preaching in alphabetical order. Uh, we're in the book of Acts right now, and we're at Acts chapter 3. And so as we break down these chapters, as we go from chapter to chapter, then we're going to be covering all the theological issues, biblical studies issues, apologetic issues. Come there with your Bible. You won't be disappointed. I'll give you the address when we come back. This is David Davenport of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. In the first 175 years of the nation, the House of Representatives impeached only one president, Andrew Johnson. Now, in the last 57 years, it's impeached two, Richard Nixon and Bill Clinton, and it may be ready to impeach a third. Why the rise in impeachments? Because we forget that impeachment is extraordinary. 
The normal way to remove a president is by the people through elections. The extraordinary way is impeachment, with its constitutional requirement of high crimes and misdemeanors. Lacking political patience, we threaten to make the extraordinary now ordinary. Politics is an ugly business. Quid pro quos and foreign policy? They doubtless happen more than we think, and if we don't like them, we have a chance to cast our vote in one year. But a case of high crimes and misdemeanors demanding an extraordinary remedy? I think not. I'm David Davenport. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, preparing leaders for the public square. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. Hi, this is Greg Bryant, General Sales Manager for Salem Media Group Detroit. If you're listening to my voice right now, you're a listener to either Faith Talk Detroit or The Patriot Detroit. If you love one of these stations and you have experience in outside sales, we'd love to talk to you. Call me directly to inquire how Salem Media might provide an opportunity that's right. Call Greg Bryant at 248-581-1221. That's 248-581-1221 to learn more about our available positions. If you love us, come join us and make a career move that's right for you. Are you tired of paying high fees and commission even when you lose your money? How would you like to never lose your money again due to market risk? Join Joel Uplegger for the Safe Money and Income Radio Show, Saturday mornings at 9 on FM 92.7 AM 1500, Faith Talk Detroit. You can also call Joe now for your complimentary customized Safe Money Kit and Safe Money Book at 866-436-0133. That's 866-436-0133. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss, just as Kane is doing from Plymouth right now. Hello, Kane. Hi, Pastor Moss. How are you doing? Really good. Um, I have two questions, and the first one's weighing heavily on me. Okay. Um, I've been uh, watching and uh, you know listening to a lot of the Through the Bible program with uh, Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Yeah. And I've heard some uh, that he was—he's a false teacher. And I was just wondering where you stand on that one, because I don't—I what I've been hearing—it's been convicting me to Christ even more than what I had been, and getting me involved in the Bible. But I'm just worried. I've been praying a lot about it, but I'm just worried. I've been hearing some things about him. I just want to know. Well, I'll tell you what. In my estimation, because I've listened to him a lot as well, I'm very impressed by J. Vernon McGee and uh, his theology. Uh, here's a man, the, the interesting thing came when I first heard him. You know, he sounds like a, a country bumpkin, you know, very lovable yeah, guy. Actually, you know, that drew me to him. <laughs> but here's the thing to realize. This guy has a Ph.D. Uh, he uh, teaches the book of Revelation. When he goes through Revelations, he's reading from the Greek text. I mean, he's, a, he's a heavyweight. Um, I like the way he breaks down 
found the Bibles uh, and all the books. You know, you can buy the whole series at uh, at uh, Bible bookstores. But I haven't found anything in his theology that I would say was heretical. If someone says, Cain, that he teaches something false, did they mention what it was? Well, um, it's a website, uh, uh-huh. True Church, um, and they said that, like, on his question about suicide, he said that uh, that Christian, even though they had committed suicide, would still go to heaven. Well, I agree with them. That, in other words, Samson. It, it depends on what kind of suicide it is. Well, um, they they also named off Samson, but they said that, that was the righteous way because he was taking them out. They were he was he was doing God's judgment. Okay. Well, he, he, on them the, well. There, there you go. So, in other words, how do you know that others couldn't fit in the same category? Now, I wouldn't say that everyone who commits uh, suicide is going to heaven, even though they claim to be a Christian, because definitely, you know, thou shalt not murder is still in Exodus twenty. Yeah. But to, to just say blanketly, because the opposite is there are people who've said that, oh, no, if you commit suicide, you won't go to heaven. How do you know? Yeah, someone, God God is the only one to judge. That, uh, that was uh, the Catholics who started that because they, yeah. you couldn't repent to a priest and tell right, a priest. But, right. That's what they're saying. But how do they know what someone did on their deathbed? So it becomes a thing of where uh, definitely we're not saying that uh, it, it's a ticket to heaven. Uh, in, Re- in Romans uh, 12 and 1, God wants living sacrifices, not dead ones. Uh, Romans chapter um, uh uh, we're looking at where uh, where he talks about in 12, Romans 12, 1 to 2. Uh, but so I, I don't think that's not good enough to brand him as a false teacher. Do they have anything else? Um, I can't remember, but they had like a, if, if you go on there at True Church, um, mm-hmm. they have a whole host of things. And then I looked it up to see how they were. And some people were saying that they're, you know, they're just naming off pastors left and right. You know, and some of them are, you know, heretical that I see that don't preach the true gospel and deny Christ and his blood and, you know, stuff like that. Right. You know, when they brought up him, I was like, you know, it kind of put a dent in my heart because I was like, well, really, you know, not mm-hmm. him speaking, but, you know, the Holy Spirit. And I felt like that. Well, was, the thing was, is, is this for me, uh, as I tell everyone and I'll tell you, everything hinges on evidence and logic. Give me evidence and give me logic. I can open up almost any door. So what happens is if someone tells me that someone is a false prophet or teacher, prove it. You've got to bring me the data. I'm not just going to. In fact, here's the thing about me and everybody knows it, including my wife. I never get upset until I got the facts. (laughs) I've, I've had too many times when I worried about something and nothing happened. Okay, so now bring me the facts. And so, therefore, don't get upset, Cain, because you're going to hear people say that I'm a heretic. (laughs) Don't let that hurt you. uh, The only way to know that, examine my teachings and compare them to the Bible. That's all you got to do. But I've known Vernon McGee for years, and someone would have to prove to me that he's a heretic. You got to show me. Other than that, uh, I'm I'm not going to budge from my position. Give me the evidence. Everything, Everything hinges on evidence and logic. Okay. I, 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 I thank you. Um, my second question is, now, Christ said that his, he would be delayed in his coming. Was he talking about the rapture? Because I know you're a pre-trib, and I, I am being convinced into pre-tribulation as well, you know, the rapture. Now, did he mean that for the rapture or his second coming? Well, he meant that all together. Yeah, I think that the bottom line is when we look at First uh, Thessalonians 5 and verse 1, where Paul writes, he understood it as well because he got it from, you know, from Jesus' teachings. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. So what happens is um, that the rapture, as, as far as pre-tribbers are concerned, is a part of the second coming. 
Right? It doesn't, uh, in other words, we're just saying that when Jesus comes, that there could be two aspects to it, all right? Where he comes first and takes the believers with him into the clouds, then uh, later comes down physically to the earth. But both of those can be con- can considered the day of the Lord or his, or his, the second coming. So we just don't know. Uh, uh, like you say, they are post-trib, uh, mid-trib, pre-trib. We're talking about all of this uh, on Tuesday in my Bible study. I mean, it's a fascinating class on biblical prophecy. And I, uh, even though I'm pre-tribbed, I'm not uh, a dogmatic pre-tribber. I can present the other views with a lot of biblical evidence, and I'm going to do that in that class. Okay. Um, actually, that's what they were talking about. They, uh, I'm sorry, I forgot. What, one more thing you said, you know, for the heretic or whatever. Um they said that uh, he believed that the Old Testament saints are going to be brought when his when he his second coming. I mean, like him him touching Mount the Mount of Olives or Mount Zion, or I forget where it's at. Uh-huh, uh huh. You're right. Touching the mountain over in Zechariah. That's second come, that's, he said that that's when they're going to take the old saints from the from the New the Old Testament, but they're going to take the new saints or the New Testament saints and the ones that are alive first, and then bring the Old Testament when he comes back. Well, that's what, that's no, what we see in Revelation chapter 19 is that all the saints come back, all those who are in heaven come back with him at that time. Doesn't break it up into that kind of category. But even if there are people who uh, speculate on that in prophecy, it's not heretical. There's certain things yeah. that we can be- In fact, watch these websites that want to say that just because you disagree with me, it makes you a heretic. No. There's yeah. some things that we can debate, not to divide over. And pre-trib, mid-trib, and post-trib is one of them. I've seen some of those websites, and they just, you know, just because I disagree with this little point, that doesn't make me a heretic. I know, no, uh, absolutely not. Yeah. So the main things and the plain things are, are what makes us uh, in the body of Christ. And uh, Vernon McGee, he's got it. You're listening to a good guy. Never be dissuaded from him. You might not believe in everything he says, Cain. But he's okay. All right, this is Pastor Moss. Haven't been with you talking up to the end as long as the studio tech will give me grace. But we got to go. <laughs> God bless you. See you next time. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.